Today on the show, we're talking about the shift from comfort and convenience to safety and security. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney, I'm your host, and today, as always, I'm joined with my host, Trevor, and we're talking about the shift from comfort and convenience to safety and security. Yeah, and this is something, you know, given the circumstances we're all living under now, I think this is something our our society is going to have to accept at some level, if not every aspect of your life, many aspects of your life. We're going to have to go from, and we have been a society of convenience and comfort for, since, it, this has been building up since the Industrial Revolution and the Technological Revolution and now the Artificial Intelligence Revolution. We've been just being, we've been fed comfort and convenience in bigger and bigger doses with every passing decade. And I think we have hit a point where comfort and convenience is going to have to take a backseat, or I I hope it's going to take a backseat to safety and security. So I do want to define really what comfort and convenience is to you, Trevor, because I I kind of have a thought that goes along with that. But in general, today we're going to talk about why the shift from comfort and convenience to safety and security is important, and then areas in in our life where we can deploy this. And so just kind of to start the conversation, I I wanted to turn an eye to the services that are being offered right now, regardless of where you may be living. There is a plethora of different curbside pickup, different um, delivery options that are being launched due to the current circumstances. And while and I, these are being introduced. While some businesses have are always had these services, a lot of other companies are being innovative and in launching these services to meet the demands of the current situation. So would you not say that there is an uprise in options that make shopping comfortably and more conveniently easier? See, I don't know that the curbside pickup is about convenience. I really don't think it is. I, I think a lot of people are missing the retail, retail therapy. They're, they're wanting to go out and shop. I know I, people in my neighborhood, people I work with, family members, they're all just disappointed they can't go shop. And so the, the curbside pickup or the delivery, that, that is about safety and security, I believe, right now under the current circumstances. Now, getting things delivered from Amazon before this crisis unfolded, that was about comfort and convenience, but getting your groceries delivered, that is about safety and security with, without question. I really, it's interesting hearing, hearing your perspective on that because I was really, really curious to hear your thoughts on that. Well, well here, here, here's where it's at, is ha- having to order something and wait for it to be delivered, that's, that's anything but convenient given the, the type of thing you're waiting for. So we've come to accept the, the wait for, you know, we place an order on Amazon and two or three days later it shows up. That, we've come to accept that, that delay. And the convenience is you get to shop on Amazon and everything you could ever imagine is for sale, right? So that, that's the convenience aspect is you, you couldn't possibly have the offering Amazon does in a physical store. It has to be e-commerce and it has to be delivered. No store could hold all of that and you'd be forever day shop, 
forever shopping in it if, to find things that would be impossible. So it only works that way. So Amazon is about convenience. Your groceries being delivered or curbside pick of your groceries, that is inconvenient. I know for me it's inconvenient. I, I, I like to pick out my own fresh fruit and vegetables. I like to see what's on sale. I like to browse and, and see what kind of new foods are, are available. So that to me is, that's inconvenient, but it's, it's, it's safety is the reason I'm doing it. I know a lot of different businesses have already offered click and collect services. Um, some of the larger grocery stores, Loblaws and Walmart. Do you think then that these services were utilized by individuals during that time before this current crisis for comfort and convenience? Or do you think it, those services have always been more for safety and security? Well, I don't know that these places, like, well, I don't think Walmart offered curbside pickup or delivery of groceries in the past. I might be off about Walmart, but I know Loblaws did then for sure. And Okay, so they did. I, I've never used it, but I got to think, okay, so if Walmart, if, if Loblaws is offering, has always offered curb, curbside pickup or delivery? Uh, more, so it, it, they call it click and collect and that's everything kind of. So the reason I pose this question is because there is a convenience, in my opinion, to having a an employee of that store collect all your things for you so you don't have to take the time out of your day to shop and you just simply arrive um, for the items that have been collected for you. So in my mind, there is a little bit of a convenience to that. Was there, did you have to pay a premium, like a fee, an extra cost for that? I've never actually utilized a service before. So I should have, I definitely should look into that to see. But I, if there is, then you are, of course, paying that convenience fee. But I know um, Home Hardware, for instance, uh, they do offer delivery. There might be a fee to that. But I, we recently picked up Yardways bags through Home Depot's Click and Collect uh, type service, ordering online. And I'm, I'm sure that's, I don't know if that was, or do you know if that was around before? Because it's very convenient. We don't have to go into the store because Trevor, how many times have you been in um, Home Depot looking for something and you get lost down an aisle? So from that perspective, it was pretty effortless. Well, worse than that, how many times have you been in Home Depot and you walk out with an armful <laughs> of things you, you didn't go in shopping yeah, for, yeah. right? You, something shiny distracted you. I, I think the the home hardware, Home Depot delivery was, there was minimum orders. They would deliver, but you had to order like $100 worth of stuff in order for them to deliver for free. And they probably wouldn't even deliver below a certain threshold. So I think if if delivery was the thing prior to this crisis, you were paying for it and it was all about convenience. Now you don't have the choice and you're you're getting it delivered or you're picking it up out of safety. So one thing that you've said that I really like, and I think that that point will be echoed throughout the entire episode today is the, the word of choice, that, that idea of choice. And I, I want to kind of examine the Maslow hierarchy of needs right now, but I think, I think the word choice, the idea of choice really comes into play when we are looking at the Maslow hierarchy of needs and the lack of choice we have and where we are in that, that pyramid. I think it'd be interesting just just to see if we, if you were to pull a whole bunch of people where they thought they were in the Maslow hierarchy of needs. I, we're big fans of the Maslow hierarchy of needs. I think it drives a lot of our economic behaviors that that we we do throughout our life and day to day. But yeah, I think I would. I I know where I am in it, and I don't know if you know where you are. I I'll read them off, and then I'd love to hear where you are. So. 
if if anyone's not familiar familiar with the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's basically a pyramid. Um, it gets skinnier at the top, wider at the base. So what you do is you work your way up, down from the base and and towards the top of the pyramid, and this in the base is the widest part so the, you need a lot of the base of the triangle and then you move up and up and of course you have the tip of a triangle it's it's a lot smaller because this is a you definitely need a not as much uh, a foundation as you would in, in when you are looking at the foundational part of a triangle so at the bottom we have uh, physiological needs and these this is your basic air water food shelter sleep clothing just your basic keep you alive needs right above that moving up the triangle we have our safety needs this is personal security employment resources health and property above that in the triangle we have love and belonging this is friendship intimacy family and sense of connection above that in the triangle we have esteem and this is respect self-esteem status recognition strength and freedom and very at the top of the triangle we have self-actualization and this is the desire to become the most that one can be so if you start at the top and we'll just read that one out and just you and me will assess where if we are concerned with that one at the moment so self-actualization the desire to become the most one can be so I, I think everybody possesses this at some point in their lives. I, I am not, that, that is not on my uh, radar at the moment at all. I, I'm, I'm very unconcerned about, about that aspect of life right now. How about you? Not, not at all as well. And I, what I do want to note, I think at this part while we're talking about this triangle is that in, I guess the really the root of the episode and why we're mentioning the Maslow's hierarchy of needs is that as soon as this crisis hit, where we are in maybe our life or where we are in our journey prior to this crisis, it kind of got removed. Would you, would you agree with that? Like we are a different person maybe, or we want different things than we did before this crisis hit. Well, you know, if you think of that first one, somebody going through a midlife crisis, you know, they, they want to do something with their life. They want to be remembered for something. They, they want to leave a mark on the world. That's the kind of thoughts that be going through your head when, when you, that was your, your focus or your concern. And I mean, not to speak to everyone, but maybe at this point in time, though those not not a concern of mine no no exactly and I, I maybe i think in my personal opinion i think perspective is something that comes in when you're at this point the perspective of 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 your health versus making that really big difference and mark in the world so let's move down the triangle the next one below self-actualization is esteem so this is respect self-esteem status recognition strength and freedom so I'm going to say a lot of us, people who have been, um, they're not an essential service and they're no longer working, a lot of them have been stripped of this by, by their government. They've, they said, you, you can't work anymore, it's not safe for society, you go home and we'll send you a paycheck, basically. That, you know, I, I'm oversimplifying it, but that, that's basically what's going on. So any respect you might have had in society given your your job or your standing in the community has been taken away like it literally stripped from you so this this can't be a concern for many people today unless like you said you are a frontline worker and that recognition around your role in this crisis i think is very important but when we but 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 they're not they're not folk the, the people uh, frontline workers 
that's not the on their mind either. They're just working with they're they're focused on survival. They're not trying to they're not uh, helping a patient hoping they get respect from Yeah, them, no, right? that's they're, true. They're, it's crisis management. They're not even thinking about this level of the, the the hierarchy of needs. It's true. And and never before have we been okay with giving up this esteem level. I mean, I'm kind of retracting. Well, I don't know that we've given it up. It's been taken away but from But I think us. we're okay with, I mean, we're, we're obviously not okay with the situation, but I mean. Well, no, we are okay with it because we're worried about the things below yeah. this. If this if this was taken away from us and there was no other concerns, we would be outraged. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, given the circumstances, we obviously are below that. So, I'll keep go. I'll keep reading through uh, going down the triangle. So, below esteem is love and belonging, and this is friendship, intimacy, family, and a sense of connection. And so, this one's being challenged in that we're. We're isolating away from all those people. You know, we're, uh, we have our immediate family, but we're, we're being isolated from our extended friends and family that we, we can't physically interact with. So this one, I think a lot of people are struggling with. They, they, we're starting to hit the point on this hierarchy of needs where this is a, a, a concern. And the longer this goes on, the more this will wear on people. Definitely. And I think most of us are, are that sense of connection. We, I think we're really being challenged, like you said, because we are, ch- are trying to utilize virtual ways of connecting with individuals. And this, I think, is being tested more than anything. And below love and belonging is safety needs. So this is personal security, employment, resources, health, huge one, and property. So I think this is where everyone's main focus is right now. Or not everyone, but a lot of people. This is this is what's really on our minds. This is the level where we are. Uh, everyone's concern is so that that's how far down the hierarchy of needs we are in society today, given the current crisis. And if we look, so I agree with that wholeheartedly. But if we look at the idea of comfort and convenience where do we have to be along the triangle of, of Maslow's hierarchy of needs to really have that as something that's at the forefront of our mind? I would think that a level up from the one we're talking about right now, that this one would have to be satisfied. This is where all your conveniences and comforts have been met. And now you're focused on relationships and people, right? You, 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 you're, you're, your comfort has been taken care of at this level. No, I, that that makes sense. And when we are, so I want to kind of go back to talking about that shift, that shift from comfort and convenience to safety and security. So is... Well, we'll hit that last one. Hit, hit, hit the last um, Maslow Right, level. right. So, so uh, physiological needs. So this is air, water, food, shelter, sleep, all the basic things really to stay alive. So what do you say? I mean, there are some very dire um, and heartbreaking circumstances right now. So would you say that it's safe to say that um, some of us are unfortunately down at this foundational level? I don't, it's society as a whole. I don't think we're here yet, but if this thing drags out and just say the, the food supply becomes a challenge to maintain, then this one becomes and it, you know, once you get down here, like this is the, the, the land of lawlessness, and, and, and I, I, I hope we never get to being concerned at this level. But I don't think as a, I, I mean, there could be people falling through the cracks, and they are at this level. But society as a whole, 
you could probably say we haven't caught to this level yet. And if we do, uh, things are going to be pretty dark. Well, in saying that, I mean, I'm sure as we can all remember the more or less the the toilet paper shortage at at grocery stores that uh, ensued a, a few weeks ago. And this might have been testing the physiological need as uh, as as is that is a key part to our basic physiological needs um, as as a human being. So, I mean, and especially when the idea of of food shortage and ensuring the the food gets to the grocery stores. I mean, if if that comes into question, some primal instincts can definitely come out when 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 those are at play. Well, that toilet paper shortage. That's a little glimpse into where this could go if, if the food supply become became compromised. Definitely. So we are, and and that's where I, I mean we we have unfortunately heard stories of some maybe physical uh, physical kind of elbowing happening to to put it kind of in, in a sense to so when, when that when that's happening when when people are maybe getting a little bit kind of like the Boxing Day on Boxing Day there's got those hordes and rushes when when those types of emotions are conjured up you're that, that's just I think that's just that just comes out and that's how we know we're, we're there but you know at Boxing Day people are chasing items of comfort and convenience why do the primal instincts come out then is, is that because we are we are at that we is that kind of a false sense of of, of thinking that the esteem maybe that we're thinking that is is uh, like do, the, do those feelings come out because it's, it's just a falsified feeling it's just people losing their minds on Boxing Day. I mean, the, the, you can't you can't rationalize that behavior at all. But that's what that's what people will do. Certain cross section of society will do chasing comfort and convenience. What would those same people be doing if they were chasing safety and security? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it's <laughs> definitely don't want to think about that. When we do talk about the shift from comfort and convenience to safety and security, the first section we're going to hit up on in this episode is why that shift is important but is it this shift happening automatically just based on our, our kind of our human brain and, and subconsciously just or is that shift one that we have to kind of fall into and realize based on the current circumstances well my fear is people are not going to realize they need to make this shift until it's too late so people are still People have not gone into crisis management mode. They're still operating on the premise that everything's going to be okay. And maybe it will be, maybe it won't be. But I'm saying everybody should be shifting to chasing safety and security now. Start chasing it before everybody else is chasing it. So what what does it look like then if if maybe... We're not. I, we are going to go into the areas of, of our life to deploy that shift from comfort and convenience to safety and security. But what does kind of a high level overview look like of someone who maybe still um, living in a very comfortable and convenient space versus security and, and safety? I mean, it's somebody making a $1,200 truck payment and asking if they can get a uh, asking their bank if they can defer their mortgage payment. You know, that's an example of somebody chasing comfort and convenience rather than safety and security. So getting a, a 
a deferral on your mortgage payment, you're basically saying, I'm going to make my truck payment because I don't want it to get repossessed, but which is my transportation that's over the top, right? I don't need a $65,000 truck to get around, but I'm going to continue to make that $900 truck payment, but I'm going to ask the bank if they can defer my mortgage payment, which is where my whole family is, is kept safe and secure. That's an example of how our society is approaching this crisis. So, I mean, from, from that example, I mean, that's a tough pill to swallow to realize that you really need to make that shift, but also it almost, well, well, here's, here's, let let me just play this out a bit. So let's just say you ask the bank to defer your, your mortgage payment and, and just say they'll, they'll do it for six months. And after six months, you know, all bets are off. You got to figure out how to make your next point. You got to, you got to make that seventh mortgage payment, right? Let's just say that's, that's the rules. I don't even know what they are. I don't have a mortgage, but I, I believe it's six months at the moment. Uh, but nobody said you can defer your truck payment. I, I don't think so, or your car payment. I don't, I don't think that's on the table. So I would rather make that mortgage payment and roll the dice on my truck being repossessed, not knowing how long this is going to last or where it's going to go. Now, just because you can defer your mortgage payment doesn't mean it's a good idea. You you might be burning through the the own the six the six chances you have to defer a mortgage payment. You might be burning through those unnecessarily because you're making your truck payment. Like, in crisis management, you when you can't see the end of this, when you can't see the solution, and and you're not even in control. It's not like there's no work here. I could always move and to where the work is. Just say you're in Ontario. There's no work. I'll move to Alberta and I'll work on the oil sands. You can't, there's nowhere to go. There's no work anywhere. So it's, I believe we should be in crisis management mode now. So two questions from that. One, it sounds like in that example that that individual or that that kind of subset of individuals are still trying to grapple on to the esteem as a part of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it sounds like they're, that person may be follow, falling down based on the shift of society, but still trying to hold on to that that spot where recognition and status and freedom, which a truck may represent to that individual is. Well, you know, you, you raise a good point. This, this crisis is going to expose all the people who have been living on the financial edge. And, and of course, Nobody can see that. Like it's not like it's displayed on your front lawn every day that you're on the financial edge. It's it's a smoke and mirror show that nobody really knows. And this is going to expose a lot of people that are on that edge. They're going to have to dis- like they were living, they were spending every penny they were earning, and they they just to service all their debt. Those people are going to be unfortunately, and they're going to be exposed the longer this goes on. And, and that's going to they're going to have to get over their self-esteem issues. Because obviously, if you, if you gave up your truck because you decided to make your mortgage payment, society would know, okay, this is a house of cards that, that we were looking at the whole time. So in saying that, there really, I think, is maybe two subsets of individuals at the moment. There are maybe the subset of individuals who have already converted to a mindset of safety and security utilizing frugal, frugal strategies and, and really, really 
hunkering down into that mindset. But on the flip side, I think in in the case of that of the theoretical individual clinging onto the truck in and during this time, and, and maybe they can't afford to make that payment. That really is the individual who is clinging on to the comfort and convenience and maybe still trying to maintain that life and lifestyle that they did prior to the beginning of this crisis. I agree. And it, it's it's like people are not believing this is real, like this, this isn't really happening. Or because the government is offering so much subsidies and, and support, I don't, I don't trust that it's going to last the... the I don't think they're going to be able to continue to offer the the subsidies and the paychecks to people for staying home for the entirety of this thing. What I think we're, what's going to happen is we're being stepped down. So right now we're being asked to go home and not work. And we're going to get some money, but less than what we got when we were working. And we're going to get that for a while. And then they're going to, we're going to get stepped down again to another level of income and we'll ride there for a while and hopefully this thing's over but we're being stepped down in terms of our the money we have to spend on life and i to to go back to that that shift i mean looking at this Maslow Maslow hierarchy of needs, it might just be the lack of realization that we are clinging on to the esteem when really we should just be stepping back and and falling, letting ourselves fall down that triangle as uncomfortable as it may be. Well, I I don't think you go down that easy. Like nobody is falling down that thing without a fight. It's our nature. Yes, yeah. You work so hard to get up that, that Maslow hierarchy of needs. You're not just going to fall down, you know, effortlessly to uh, physiological needs. No, nobody's doing that, right? It, it, you're going to claw and fight to stay at the level you were at as long as you can. That's just human nature. And I agree. And, and to your point, it definitely that's I think what makes this situation so incredibly unique is that it really is forcing us to slide down this triangle when we have maybe for our whole life, probably our whole life because of how we are wired as human beings to always constantly clawing our way up it. So it's definitely such a unique uh, challenge from that perspective. So I do want to dive into talking about why the shift is important. So why it's important to shift from that comfort and convenience mode to a mindset rooted in, in focusing on safety and security. So we have four reasons why this shift is so critical right now, with the first one being that our needs have become more important than our wants. And this is a hard one for people to let go of. It really is. You, you, have, to, you have to forget your wants. At this, in a crisis like this, your wants have to, and it's not, it's not easy to give up on the because you were wanting things one day, and the very next day, there was a global pandemic. Like it literally hit us that fast, as it seems to me anyway. If, if you weren't really reading the news really closely, this thing just came up and smacked you in the face overnight. And normally, in, in an economic recession, you, it comes at you slower than this. And you, you start to adjust slowly, and you start to realize well, I can't really want that anymore. I got to focus on, you know, feeding the family. I got to focus on putting a roof over our heads. So I'll, 
I'll forget about that motorcycle I've been wanting or or that RV. And you you slowly let go of your wants a little bit at a time. Well, in this thing, you have to you have to let go of your wants overnight. And that's not easy. Like, don't don't judge yourself harshly if you're struggling with this. It's gonna be hard to give up your wants that quickly. And would you say that even having a reduced income based on an individual's employment circumstances, I I personally don't feel like that is even enough to get into that shift from focusing more on our needs than our wants. What are your thoughts on that? I don't even think it's a money thing. It, it, it's an emotional thing. You in a normal economic recession, you have time to let go of the your wants and desires slowly, a little bit at a time. You let go of the really extreme ones first, saying, "Well, maybe next year." And then you start to let go of the that you know the the fancy shoes you wanted and and some of the the frilly things in life and and you but this one you had to let go of it like all of it everything you wanted you had to let go you you need to let go of that like instantly and and when you say wants is that also synonymous with preferences i mean should should we be giving up our preferences for i guess the car we drive or the the food that we're putting on our table like is that is 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 that how far that shift is is or could go? Uh, I I just think you got to get back to the basics. In, in a crisis like this, you when you don't know how long it's going to last, you have zero control. Like your actions will change this very little. All all we, the the only toolbox we have is social distance yourself. That that has been what we've been given. Is stay home. Well. In an economic recession, you could, you know, upgrade your skills. You could work a part-time job. You could, you could, you could work harder. You could do all sorts of like work longer hours. But this one, you can't do anything but wait. So I, I, I think you have to give up everything in the short term, not knowing where this is going. It's definitely a tough pill to swallow. Um, so the, the next shift that's really important when we're talking about going from comfort and convenience to safety and security is the realization that comfort is a cage. And so you have to give up on comfort and quickly comfort in, in, forget this, this crisis we're in comfort is a cage. It really is. And if you think about it, so when it gets cold out in the winter, people tend to hibernate in their homes. Well, they do that because the cold is, it appears uncomfortable, but if you dress for it and you go for a walk, a, a walk in the winter is really quite refreshing and enjoyable. But we we gravitate toward comfort, and that comfort limits you. And here's an example with food. So you should be eating for nutrition, but we ha- as a society have been have been sort of trained to have a, a, a palate and, and eat cuisine and eat fancy foods. And you should be eating, like you heard the, the phrase beans and rice, rice and beans. That is the lowest cost uh, per nutrient of food you can probably consume. You should be eating food that has got an extremely long shelf life. So it's, it's non-perishable. It takes very little effort to cook. It takes very little energy to cook. You should be eating and stockpiling 
not your favorite foods, not the most tasty foods, the foods that will you could keep and it will last a long time. So rice is the should be your staple, right? Not not bread and not meats and not not things that can expire. And I just think if you can let go of comfort and focus on survival, you will get through this a lot easier mentally. And when we are looking at the idea of comfort as a cage, I'm not sure if this example I'm about to throw out, it really moves away too far from the idea that you're getting at here, but is is owning maybe recreational vehicles, so whether it be um, a skidoo or ATV, is that the same kind of idea that that those things can cage you into a certain lifestyle and, and keep you um, held captive during situations like this, therefore tying up maybe more expendable, expendable income in those payments? Well, I don't think you can do much with an ATV or something. You, you can't sell anything right now. No, nobody's buying anything. Or I, 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 would, I, I doubt many people are shopping for ATVs in a global pandemic, right? So I don't think... There's no sense in trying to sell something like that. But Just, are those things like cage? Is that is that kind of caging you into a lifestyle during this time? I, I don't think so because you can't change you can't change that you own that right now. So you can't use it either. So they it's 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 kind of a a moot point. No, definitely. So that makes sense. So really, this point definitely it, it extends to your day to day actions and. Um, when it comes to food and, and stuff like that, which, which makes sense. Like here's something you, I, garages aren't open to get your car serviced. So, so they're not, they're not, they're open by appointment only. And there's probably a backlog. I, I haven't even looked, but so driving your car right now unnecessarily is every time you drive your car, you're wearing something out on it. It's, it's happening at a microscopic level, but the more you drive a car, the quicker it wears out. That's just how cars work. So driving your car unnecessarily is going to put you in a position where you're going to need service for your car, which may not be as convenient or as accessible as it used to be until this thing's over. So here's an example where it might be comfortable to drive somewhere to go get a bare necessity that you need, but why not strap on a backpack and go walk to get it? That, that's an example of of looking at getting out of your cage of comfort. I like that. That's a great example. The third of four reasons why shifting from comfort and convenience to safety and security is so vital at this time is when we look at the idea of innovation versus reliability. And, you know, I always like to make an iPhone reference whenever I can, so I'm going to use it here, but but please understand I'm not making light of this situation. I'm using the iPhone as an example I don't think iPhones are very important given this global pandemic and the crisis and the adversity people are facing. But whenever the new iPhone comes out, we hope, most people hope, or nerds like me hope, it comes out with some feature I didn't even know I wanted, or I I certainly didn't need. But I'm hoping they're going to invent some sort of magical feature that that nobody wouldn't need or use, and they'll sell it to us in such a way that we'll use it all the time. So there, right now, Apple is creating iPhones to solve problems that don't currently exist. That's what they do, and they do it really well. I'm saying you should stop valuing things like that and start valuing things 
like a phone that has a battery that'll last like five days and it just makes phone calls. That's the phone you should be uh, I, uh, wanting. That's the phone you should be coveting right now is the one that has the battery that will go forever. So you have something that's reliable. It's not innovative. It's real, Every time you turn it on, you don't have to say, oh, it needs to be charged again. That, but but it'll, it'll make coffee and do all sorts of crazy stuff you don't even need it to do. You need something right now that makes phone calls and keeps you in contact in the event of an emergency or keeps you in contact with your family. So that that's an example where we we need to shift our mindset to the things we want. We want things. And when this thing's over, when this whole crisis is over, we should continue to value safety and security rather than comfort and convenience because chances are this isn't the the last one. They're talking this thing's going to come in waves, so we should be prepared. Again, we talked last week. You'll get a pass for not being prepared for a global pandemic this time. Society will judge you harshly the next time if you're not prepared. So you, if you start to value things like reliability over innovation, you you will probably be making all the right decisions. And to extend on your Apple reference, as someone who is, we know, a diehard Apple fan, is this hard for you to say yourself or maybe even something that will be challenging for you to put into practice, whether it be Apple products or another aspect or area of your life? Well, I'm tra- I'm transitioning. I, I, I mean, we're doing this podcast because this is what I'm doing. I Everything in my life, I am focused on safety and security and moving away from convenience and comfort. So all the things in my life that that I used to want or desire that were would make my life efficient. You know, that was a thing. I was always about efficiency. And so I'd, I'd want things that would make life efficient. And they might not be the most durable things. They might not be the most uh, useful things, but they, they created, made light work of, of hard jobs. Well, now I'm looking for things that are reliable, durable, going to be, a, you know, something I can re- use and know it's not going to break. That's that's the mind shift I'm making. So you're saying that your desire your, to be safe and secure, really just no questions ask outweighs your desire for comfort and convenience at this time. Well, no, I'm I'm making the transition. So in different aspects of my life. So I, I've given up on wanting the latest iPhone. It's a battery pig. <laughs> so I hear, right? It's got... So I'm moving, I'm want, okay, I don't want a new phone right now, but if I did, I wouldn't want uh, the phone that, like I would want something that is reliable, has a good, I guess with a car, I, I don't, our cars come with so many features. We're going to get to the point where everyone who's got a car that starts has got a really good car. Because, <laughs> you know, if we don't get service centers open soon, people, are gonna, that's going to be, become a problem. Cars, People will have cars that won't work for one reason or another, and they're not going to be able to get service as quickly as they they thought. And then maybe they they'll need to get it towed to the place because they they neglected the service for so long, not through any fault of their own, because the service centers weren't open. Definitely, oh for sure, and 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 really, we can we can. There's so many different examples in our life where this would be the case. Last on our list of why the shift is so important is when we look at bolstering or cultivating our sense of resourcefulness. And our resourcefulness needs to shift. So we would be resourceful from a, that, that, 
we would become resourceful to cater to comfort and convenience. And an example of this would be, okay, I, I installed my own dishwasher. That's an example. So I installed my dishwasher rather than pay someone to do it. I, be, I figured out how to do it. I was resourceful. I got it installed. It works fine. This thing washes my dishes for me while I'm sleeping. So that, that, that is comfort and convenience. I, I now need to become resourceful in, cre- in, in ensuring safety and security. I've, I've got to develop resourcefulness that addresses those issues in my life. Well, even, that, so that's a great example. Just And, and here's an example. So I, I'm, I get somebody in to clean my furnace every year in the, in the fall. So not knowing how long this thing's going to last, I watch the guy clean my furnace. I mean, there's parts of the, the job I wouldn't do, but uh, I've certainly changed the filter. I, I'd vacuum up all the dust and I, I watch him. So there's things I can do. So here I'm going to I'm going to try to become resourceful on heating my home, you know, or, or maintaining the thing that heats my home rather than the thing that washes my dishes. Definitely. And, and another great example and one that I, we've seen plenty of already is uh, DIY haircuts at home. And I mean, there are so many people who, um, who never picked up a hair, pair of scissors to cut hair before who are implementing that level of resourcefulness right now. Whether the, the quality of the haircut might be up in question, but this is definitely a microscopic level of resourcefulness really shining through right now. I would agree. Unless you're a man over 50, your wife should be cutting your hair anyway. (laughs) Just saying. So let's move on to the second section of today's show. So we talked about why the shift is important, but let's zoom in on areas of our life where it's important to make the shift, deploy the change from focusing on comfort and convenience to safety and security. So we've already mentioned some kind of examples that fall throughout our home and throughout our life, but we're going to look at four specific examples. So I'll run through them and then we'll dive back into them to discuss in length. So the first area is food, followed by shelter, relationships, and finally employment. So Trevor, let's first look at food. We've talked about food a little bit, but how and why and can we really dive into the shift when we look at food? So remember, these are areas you should be deploying the transition from comfort and convenience to safety and security, areas of your life, not for just this crisis, but remember, society's going to give you a pass if you weren't prepared this time. You will be judged harshly if you're not prepared next time. So you're doing this for the present and for the future. You're, you're changing your thinking going forward. So if it seems like a lot of work, it's going to be worth it because you should be thinking this way from this day forward. So so just to pause there. So you're saying that keeping what you just said in mind, the the long-term gain that you will um, earn from, from pursuing a lifestyle built on secu- safety and security should not, in that case, feel like deprivation because the why is so strong. The why in this case being to support ourselves if and and when future crises arise well the 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 shift in thinking is going to require an extremely strong why i i don't think like we keep talking when things get back to normal there's going to be when things get back to the new normal so i i don't think you're going to be 
operating in the exact same world you were on February 15th anytime soon. And so this transition will be easier than you think because a lot of things are going to be taken off the table as options anyway. So in saying that, let's let's look at food and dive into to, to this area. So we talked about you should be focusing on on eating food that is uh, got a, a long shelf life, like is not perishable. It's high high level of nutrition, low cost, and you should be, for instance, you should be becoming uh, somebody who can bake their own bread. And I don't mean in a bread machine. I mean knead the dough and the flour and yeast and make your own bread. That's a skill that probably, uh, I'm going to say, uh, what do you think, 80% of our society doesn't doesn't know how to do. Oh, definitely. I think it's a safe percentage. And I think this is something everybody from this point forward should know how to bake bread without question. It should, this should just be something we do. I And I, I think going to restaurants, that... Restaurants will come back in some form, way, shape. I don't know what they're going to look like, but they're not going to be, if a restaurant had 130 seating capacity before this, it's going to have like 50 seating capacity after this. And to do that, the the meal out is going to be very expensive. I, I can't see any other way that the math would work. So I think going out to eat might be this very special event rather than a convenient thing to do because you forgot to pack a lunch. And I think that's it's a great point that you mentioned there. And I, I, I mean, eating out alone, like you said, is definitely built for convenience. So that right there, even even right now as it stands, we eat. We're, I'm assuming that we are eating out less because it's less accessible to eat out. There are still delivery options, but it's definitely right there as as we're existing. We're already proving to ourselves that we are eating more for safety and security. And after after the shift of the current situation, we might realize the lasting impact of that shift that we're experiencing and, and therefore desire that eat, or realize that we don't need to eat out for convenience as, as often as we once did. The next area of in our life to deploy this shift in in thinking is in the area of shelter. So if you think of shelter, the the risk with owning having shelter is it can be taken away from you. That that is the risk. So if you're a renter, you if you don't make your rent payment, you're you can be evicted. Okay, under this current pandemic situation, you can't be evicted, but going forward, they might change that. So you, you, you can be evicted. And if you are, if you have a home and you're paying, you have a mortgage and you're repaying it and you lose your job and you can't make your mortgage payments, well, the bank can put your house up for power of sale. So you, you could lose your home that way. So in saying all of that, the, the comfort and convenience of a larger home with all the extra space for so everyone can have their their own room and their own living space. You got living rooms and family rooms and TV rooms and five bathrooms and two kitchens. You, you get a house, a large house is all about comfort and convenience. I think the shift should be to smaller homes that can be paid for in shorter periods of time, taking away the risk that you might lose your home if you lose your income given the next pandemic. So the whole time you own a house, 
you are at risk while you're paying it off. That that something like this could come. So not having a mortgage takes a lot of stress off you when a crisis like this arrives again. So I think that shift in shelter, you should be thinking smaller because I, it's going to cost less. I can pay it off in a shorter period of time. I, I, in that shorter window of time, I'm exposed to less risk. I could not agree more at that point. The third area of our life to deploy this this shift in thinking in is in the relationships we have within our lives. So I think you're going to see relationship, they, they're going to shrink. Your, your, your social circle is going to get smaller and you, you will still have acquaintances, but the people that you were closest to, you're going to realize who they were when this, this distancing we've gone through, you're going to you're going to realize who was important to you and, and who wasn't. And I, I, I don't think in a way of passing judgment on people, but you're going to realize who was helping you through that tough time and, and who, who leaned on you to help them through that tough time. I think you're going to find a lot of friendships are going to deepen because of this crisis. And a lot of friendships are going to become acquaintances because of this crisis. And it, it's not that one person was good and one person was bad. It's just you connected with a person in a time of crisis. They connected with you, and you you built a relationship that was far stronger, deeper than it ever was, given the crisis. I I completely agree with that because in a post this pandemic situation, I mean, just going out um, to meet up with someone. It kind of sounds counterintuitive, but in my mind, and you might feel the same way, but. Taking that time to actually sit down and 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 virtually connect, I think that sometimes takes a bigger level of, of commitment, and then just kind of stopping by to see someone for coffee really quickly on your way home from work. I I think there's definitely a different level of of dynamic and commitment to that relationship. Well, and there's never going to be a better time to demonstrate your ability to offer assistance or care or offer something deeper than just an acquaintance type of friendship to somebody than in a crisis like this. You're going to really find out about the people who really cared about you and you're going to really find out about the people that you really cared about in a, and you're going to have a, a ton of opportunity during this crisis for that to unfold. Oh, for sure. Definitely. So the last and the last area of our life that we can deploy this change in, in thinking in is our, our employment. So employment is uh, you're gonna you're gonna want to find employment going forward that you you're gonna want transferable skills. I, I think in after this crisis is over, there's gonna be businesses that fail to exist, and some new ones that will exist because of this pandemic. So I think you. More than ever, okay, I've been a big fan. So I, I, I've worked my whole life as an accountant. Accounting is an incredibly transferable skill between industries and, and it transfers so well. Numbers are numbers. It doesn't matter if you're making widgets or you're selling iPhones. Accounting is accounting. You, you need a bit of industry knowledge, but not near as much as you say you were an engineer. You need a ton of industry knowledge. So I think we're going to get to a place where transferable skills are going to be highly, you're going to realize how valuable those were when this thing's over. 
in, in, in your opinion as well, do you think that there will be less risk taking in the world of employment as well in, in terms of, of, of reaching for that promotion and, and jumping into a career or a role that is maybe just just um, I, I, the, the tip of your, your skill set um, due to the fear of maybe unemployment? Well, typically, someone would take a promotion that was just a little bit outside of their comfort zone or their skill set and, and hope to grow into it. That's kind of how promotions happen. And when you do that, the early part of that transition is it's high risk because it, it might not work out or it, it just say uh, you were kind of almost meeting expectations in the eyes of your employer, but you were learning quickly, but you were going through a rough stretch. Given a crisis like this, they're going to look at you know, scaling back their workforce, you become very vulnerable to that scaling back if you're in that transition. So I think what you might see is people will will take promotions that are not as much of a stretch or they might not take promotions at all because of the risk of them becoming vulnerable during that transition. Definitely. I, I agree 100% with, with that perspective. It, it's going to change the way we, I think we operate in, in a lot of aspects, including employment, like you said. So that brings us to the end of today's show, where we focus on the shift from comfort and convenience to safety and security, talking about why the shift is important, and then areas in our life where we can deploy this change in thinking. On that note, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Simple Money Solutions Podcast. We can't wait to have you back here with us next week for a brand new show. Until then, keep it simple. Simple.